The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fans. You got Skook's Drunk History. You got uh, Kevin's Drunk History coming out in uh, August. He's doing the River City Relay uh, and mm. uh, um, and Tom Brady's uh, the, the, the 2009 game against New England when Tom Brady quit. Uh, so you got that coming. It's going to be awesome. So, But remember to donate because we got um, – we got to pay bills for the for the season, and uh, we're gonna have we might have like a special uh, announcement where we do something really really cool, but uh, we'll hold off on that for a, about a week or so. So anyway, uh, it's we're almost we're like two weeks away from training camp. What Andrew is that where we are? Uh, I don't know. Ask Dave. Is the that right, Dave? 20, it's the tenth today, so the twenty sixth. So it's like just over two weeks. Yeah, right? a little over two yeah. weeks. So yeah. we're almost there. So last week we did most overrated Saint and Saint player in history. And people responded. With the, we got a ton of uh, poll questions. We got I got emails from people wanting to do rants. It was phenomenal, uh, except for the dude that wanted to say that Deuce McAllister was overrated. We can't. We can't have that. That's 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 a that's a bridge. <laughs> too, gotta, that's a so bridge too far. I, I had a lot of con- conversations on Twitter about most underrated, and Sammy Knight came up a lot. I was shocked by that. Well, I, that's the thing. Like, so we're doing we're doing like, under. Sammy Knight is loved by Saints fans, Chiefs fans, Dolphins fans. He's been to the Pro Bowl. Like, I mean, that I feel like he's aptly rated. Like, yeah, that I was feel, shocking to me. Yeah, so underrated. So we, we I mean, th- he was undrafted, so you can say that he was not rated properly going into the yeah. draft. But yeah. after that, like he was a star. Yeah. So the criteria we try to figure out for underrated is you can't. You, we didn't want to have like a one year wonder for the Saints, you know, like. Um, that's like, a different podcast. Yeah, it's a different. But, but as me and which, Andrew, were, which is equally awesome, which is equally awesome because 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 me and Andrew were trying to figure out underrated and like we threw out like four names of like people that just had like one spectacular season and then went off into the abyss. So that'll be another podcast. Yeah. But for for underrated, Chris, Chris Clemens was a uh, great. I mean that. I, I, I give mean, a, the I'd fact give that a, I came up with that name. I'll, I was I'd give myself. a. I'd give a kidney for a one-hit wonder, Chris Clemens, in 2017. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, man. Like a double-digit sack guy off the edge, obviously Cam Jordan, just that, that appeared and and was just one like a one-time thing and never happened again. I'd Dave, give, Dave, name a one-hit wonder for the Saints. You can't say sharper. Yeah, he's not he, too <clears> obvious. Um. Off the top of your head, name the Nick first. Nick Fairley. 
<laughs> so, so mean. But Good answer. But so true. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Thank uh, you. Dane Graham was kind of a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I won a playoff game. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, David Patton was kind of a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Not, not, but... Uh, it's, it's anyway, so, different podcast. Different podcast. So anyway, so for underrated... Uh, we all got our guys. I, I'll go first, like I did last week. My my um. Wait, can uh, I do two since Kevin's out? Yeah, you can do two since Kevin. Right, awesome, so, awesome. So and then we'll we'll put up the poll and you can. So my underrated um saint is Wayne Martin. Uh, and I feel like he's he's underrated in a sense of he was he he, he was on the Dome Patrol teams, mm-hmm. but. He and people probably think, oh, he was just great because they had the Dome Patrol and Ricky Jackson, and all that. But he didn't really get good until after the Dome Patrol, and he did all his like awesome work when the Saints were just in the seven and nine Mora decline years, and he even played into Ditka. But from nine, I'm going to read you what Wayne Martin did from 1992 to 1997. 92, the peak of like the Dome Patrol awesomeness and Jim Mora, 15 and a half sacks. Left defensive end. Ninety three, he ta- he went back to five, but then ninety four, ten. Ninety five, they moved him to defensive tackle. Thirteen. Ninety six, eleven. Ninety seven, ten and a half. So he had thirteen, eleven, and ten and a half from, from defensive. I mean, tackle. if a guy in modern day, if a modern day guy on the Saints had a run like that, they'd build a freaking statue for him, dude. Let me let me this I think this also explains how great Wayne Martin was. When in, in I think it was 1990 I think it was going into 91 Detroit made a signed Pat Swillen to a free agent offer sheet. And back then they didn't really have right free agency as you know it now. And like mm-hmm. so if you signed a free agent contract, the other team had like a week to match and if they didn't, they got two picks. So for Pat Swillen, the Saints took like the whole week, and it was like this big thing, and they finally matched it. But they ended up trading him to Detroit later. And I think after the 94 season, the Redskins signed Wayne Martin. Or after the 93 season, they signed him to like a four-year, like $12 million contract, which was kind of huge money for a defensive end back then. The Saints took, I think, a day and a half to match it. They were like, no, 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 no. You're not going. You're not going to the team that just won the Super Bowl, Wayne Martin. You're you're staying here, buddy. Um, and I just think he. I think he's probably a top ten saint all time. But like nobody talks about. Like when you talk about the Dome Patrol and the Great Moore teams, like nobody ever says, "Yeah, Wayne Martin was fucking awesome." But he was. You know, he's eighty-two and a half sacks. Um, and really, that whole, de- that whole defensive line with Frank Warren and Jim Wilkes. I mean that. Yeah. That whole defensive line doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. Wayne Martin, it took him a little bit to get going because, you know, um, you know, 89, 90, 91, he, he didn't really – it was kind of like, ah, is this guy a bust? They picked him in the first round. And then he really got going in, in his fourth year. Um, but that was a different time where, like, teams were really patient with draft picks. So it wasn't like – it wasn't like a cri- – I feel like nowadays if a guy took four years, it would be like a crisis situation, you know? Uh, Dave, oh, well, he'd be on, he'd be on a second team. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing about Wayne Martin is, even at 34, he had like four and a half sacks, and 
in 2000, the Saints tried to get him to come back. They were like, dude, come on, play one more. And he's like, nah, I don't want to. But he could, like, they wanted him to come back. Uh, But the Saints were just so fucking terrible under Ditka, you know. And uh, and 97, that defense for for Ditka that was awesome and, and... and they had win for tough. Wayne Martin was the best fucking player on that defense. That was it ended up being like I think second or third with Zavin Uralian. Like mm-hmm. the reason was Wayne Martin was awesome. So I mean, I just there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wayne Martin is one of my favorites because I feel like he's one of the great Saints players that's like lost in the wilderness that people never talk about. And granted, it's like a generation ago, but, you know, that's my, he's my nominee for most uh, underrated Saints. So Dave, give your uh, nominee for the people. Well, hold, hold on. Oh, okay. I mean that 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 was a strong presentation there. I have to say. I mean, I feel pretty good about my two picks that I'm going to present. But um, ninety-two that was to solid. ninety-two. Wayne to Martin 90, is underrated. Like he 90, never made a. Did he make one Pro Bowl? He made one in ninety-four. I mean, that's a that's a that's a monster. I mean, you can you can argue that ninety-two to ninety-seven Wayne Martin is as good a five years as any Saints player put together. And the thing is, he's he, so he made only one Pro Bowl, so he's disrespected nationally. He didn't get the respect around the league. He was overshadowed by the four linebackers of the Dome Patrol. Yeah. And Saints fans don't really talk about him. Yeah, and they and he didn't he didn't do he didn't do his best work until ninety he didn't start being awesome until ninety two <coughs> ninety two. Yeah. And then, you know, and then after ninety two they never made the playoffs. So ninety three, ninety four, I mean, ninety five. That's 95, a true definition of, of underrated. I mean he got yeah. no respect from everyone. Yeah. I and mean, he was awesome. I mean ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, the Saints were stuck in the seven and nine decline more years. Ninety six, the Saints fell off a fucking cliff and you know they went three and thirteen, and he still had eleven sacks. Um, yeah. He's second all time in Saints history yeah. in sacks, so, eighty two and a half. So I mean, I think he's underrated, but that, he's my nominee. So Dave, who do you, who are you nominating for most underrated? But Eric Martin went to a Pro Bowl. Eric Martin went to a Pro Bowl, I think. Well, Wayne Martin went to. Well. Are you sure about that? I mean, uh, Wayne Martin. Wayne, uh, Wayne Martin. Yeah, he went to just one. One Pro Bowl. Um, 
Well, uh, I was uh, gifted Marcus Colston um, <laughs> by Andrew, um, since mm-hmm. he technically was the first person to shout his name out from the rooftops. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to, you, you, you gotta be thinking how can he's the saints receiving all time career receiving leader. He's got 9,759 career yards. How could he possibly be underrated? Um, but he was, he, he was, he, he's not underrated by saints fans. Um, but he just his entire career, he was underrated by everybody in the league. Um, I mean, he finished um, in receiving touchdowns. He finished 10th in the league in 2006, 7th in the league in 2007, 10th in the league in 2009 and 7th in the league in 2012. Um, in total catches, he finished 8th in 2007 and 10th in 2010. Um, those are. Uh, above average numbers, you know, he's, he, he was never first or second or third. He was never in that top, top tier ever in any given season, but he was always in that top 10. He was always up there. He was always dependable. He was was a monster. He was always reliable. He was a monster in 2011, 2012. And he quietly, people, people forget about it because obviously of the, 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 the horrific ending in the San Francisco playoff game. And they remember Jimmy Graham and they remember Sproles. Colston was quietly fucking amazing in that playoff game. Well, his his second, his second year in 07, I mean, that was the year I think that he really got hosed. And that, that was the year, that was the year he he finished the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He finished seventh in the league in receiving touchdowns and he finished eighth in the league in uh, in catches. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. but I mean, back then it was it was all about NFC, right? Who, who, like it was it was all like comparing him to other receivers in the NFC. So who, like that that would be my question. Like, how did he compare okay. to the other guys in the NFC? Well, here's another case for Dave's underrated. If I said to you, who led the Saints in receiving in that San Francisco playoff game, who would you say? Well, we obviously know the answer. If I had to guess, I would say. I would say Graham because he had the yeah, big. Yeah, I would touch. say Graham too. No, Marcus Colston had nine for 136 and a touchdown. <laughs> wow! And he had that. It was just a superb catch at the end of the half to get him back in it. I mean, Sproles had. That's 15, right. I remember that. And it. I mean, and and Sproles had 15 for 118. But but people just like if you, if you if you talk about that playoff game, like I don't think people remember like Colston at all. And he was just a fucking monster in that game. He had he had big third down catches. And that's the thing. It's just like, and also too like Colston, his his ending with the Saints was kind of bumpy. Where like. I wouldn't say if like fans turned on him, but fans are like, oh, because he he starting in twenty fourteen, he started. He got the yips. He got the yips. Yeah. Yeah, the catch, the, the drop passes. Um, and and I, 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 was I think, his last play the Seattle lateral? Was that his last play? Mm-mm. No, but but I think that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, fans were pissed about that. I was like, I I, I, I think um. You know, I think it's sad, but I feel like most people, non-Saints fans, NFL fans, probably remember Colston for his rookie season when he was in fantasy football when oh, he was tagged end. as a tight end. Oh, yeah. Tight end. That was a beautiful day. <laughs> See? I mean, every, yeah. everybody remembers that. 
Um, but no, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's the greatest receiver to ever play for the saints. And he was a great receiver for many years over time. Um, not, 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 not an amazing receiver, but a good and a great receiver. Um, never put up the, the, the biggest, the best numbers, but always put up very, very solid top 10 numbers. But, um, but he never ran his mouth and he never talked and Dude, he never so, showboated. So, so and let's he never talk about that. And let's so talk never, about that. And so he never made the Pro Bowl. He never. I mean, how I much? How much of his lack of just me first um, self promotion? And I mean, this was an era. And and Larry Fitzgerald actually. I mean, he was coming up, and I I think in a lot of ways he was similar to Colston. Um, I don't know how big of an. I mean, I, I think Phoenix might be a little bit bigger of a market than New Orleans. But, yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, at the time, you know, the kind of the, the big receivers were Anquan Bolden, you know, Plaxico Burris, um, Terrell Owens, Steve Smith. I mean, th- those guys were mass. I mean, you know, Brandon Marshall, you know, those guys, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson. I mean, those guys were huge self promoters. Yeah, but the thing, um, is, the thing is with, with Fitzgerald. Randy had, Moss, you know. Fitzgerald's has four 1,400-yard years. I mean, so he might be similar to Colston, but his stats are way better. Yeah, I mean, but so, you know, I talk about 2007, like the year that I really felt like he was robbed. I mean, I'm looking at NFC stats right now for 07. He had 98 catches, which was number two behind Fitzgerald. So he mm-hmm. was number two in catches, okay? In yards... He was number three. Yeah. Okay. And in touchdowns, he was number uh, four. So when he's in the top four in catches, yards, and touchdowns, and four guys make it to the Pro Bowl, how are you not selected? Well, he needed to do it. He needed to do a cell. He needed to do a cell phone celebration. He needed to, you know, Marcus Colson. I can't remember a single thing he ever said as a Saints player. Literally. Quiet storm, you know. And here's the thing: here's but here's the thing about Colson that I always respected about him with the media is he wasn't like Marshawn Lynch, where he was like, "I don't want to talk to the media. You media guys are assholes. Unless I'm promoting something, then I'll talk to you or do a funny Pepsi commercial or whatever." Like Marcus Colston was like, "Guys, I'm not talking to you. I'll do one thing after the year's over, and that's it." But he never did like he never he never talked he like he didn't want to talk and it wasn't just an it wasn't just an act to get attention. So you had to respect it. But but yeah, if he would have like every media member I've ever talked to though has said that Colston is very respectful in his delivery of being like, I'm not talking. Yeah. He's always been like, Hey man, I'm just not big on self promotion and talking to the mic. I'm I'm gonna pass. But thank you. Yeah, and I don't they respected it. He could yeah. have got a lot of gift certificates to uh, to Dini Seafood or whatever player, the hell they give out. Player, player of the game, yeah. In the locker and, room. And you know, in that way, like, New Orleans was kind of the perfect place for Marcus Colston. Yeah, like, like New Orleans it, New Orleans is crazy about the Saints, but at the same time, they like, if a player doesn't want to, they're like, whatever, he doesn't want to talk. That's cool. It, and that's why I, I think I disagree with Dave a little bit on this call. And and when I first, like when the question's asked at first, like who's the most underrated saint, I immediately, the first name that comes into my mind, it's got to be Colston because we all love the guy and he never made a pro bowl. 
which to me is absurd, especially 2007 when you look at the numbers and you mm-hmm. pit him against the other NFC guys. But I actually think Colston is appropriately loved and respected not only by Saints fans, but local media. And it's really just the national scene that doesn't respect them the way he deserves. But the local media and the local fans have always respected him. So, like, you, you mentioned Wayne Martin, for example. I think that's a stronger candidate because he was disre- disrespected by fans, by and not, not the fans shit on him, but just, like, that they propped up the Dome Patrol linebackers. And local media doesn't talk about him. The national media, I mean, he, he made one Pro Bowl, but, I mean, he wasn't really talking. He was kind of like Colston that way. So, uh, to me, Colston, within the walls of New Orleans and, and Saints fandom, he is, I, I would say he is propped up as almost anyone besides Breeze. Mm, I wouldn't go to that. Maybe. I, I I would say he's behind, like, Archie and Ricky Jackson. He's, he's not that high up. Like, he's beloved, but he's not, like, in the in the inner circle of most beloved. Yeah, that's fair. But his, his, um, quietness is, is kind of championed in new Orleans. Yeah. Um, so Dave, not enemy to Colson and Andrew, you have an interesting one. You're going way back in the day. Well, I've, yeah. So I was really torn between two guys. Um, the first guy for me was Derlin Moore and, the thing about Derlin Moore is, so he never made a Pro Bowl. He was on Saints teams that, I mean, he, he never got respect nationally due to the simple fact that he played on a Saints defense that was so bad. Um, you know, he played for the Saints from 73 to 85, which was basically... This, no, the Saints were, their defense was bad, their off everything was fucking terrible. Every, everything was horrible. Um, he, he actually, he made one Pro Bowl, I take it back. He made one Pro Bowl in 83. Um, in the twilight of his career, but Derlin Moore was was kind of considered, um, you know, a a pretty good player on a god awful team. And so, you know, I think when you look back at that era, and he was one, one of the per- leaders of the defense too. He was, he was. But the one person that people really talk about in the era, I mean, if you if you go prior to '87, which was the first year the Saints made the playoffs, the only person that people talk about is Archie. You talk to any Saints fan, that's the only name that comes up. There's no other name mm, maybe Chuck, among Saints M- fans. Chuck Muncy, Tom Dempsey. Maybe, Dempsey, Chan- maybe. Chan- Dempsey had one moment. So maybe Dempsey, who, Chan- by the way, is another one-hit wonder contender. Um, but, I mean, Derlin, Derlin Moore never gets talked about. Okay, so Derlin Moore, I think – his biggest thing is his greatness can't even be measured because sacks didn't exist when he played. That's true. And, <laughs> and the last three years that he played was when they finally started counting sacks and it was in the twilight of his career. And he had 12 sacks in those last three seasons, but he played 13 seasons with the saints. So there's whole, there's 10 years of sacks that aren't accounted for. It's weird too because I, and I watched. That's when he was getting the most of them. If you watch old games from the seventies, announcers announcers call them sacks in the late seventies at least, but they didn't count it as a sack. Like on the on the on the broadcast, they'd be like the quarterback gets sacked, but they didn't count it as a sack. I would pay a hundred bucks to someone that <laughs> went back and watched all the games and calculated how many sacks Darylin Moore actually had. Well, so. I- we, I mean, there were seasons, at least a couple, where he was double-digit sacks or, or higher, and, and we don't really know. I have no idea, but 
it's it's not inconceivable that he is second all time in Saints history in sacks, and we don't even know it. If y'all, like, if, you, if people donate enough money, we'll hire an intern. We'll pay you fifteen dollars. You can watch all yeah. the games. So, so like you, you mentioned Wayne Martin, who's second all time in Saints history. I mean, just to give you like what he's up against. So Derlin Moore had twelve sacks in his last three years. That we know. Okay. So that means in the 10 years prior, which is when he was getting sacks at a much higher clip, he needed 72 and a half sacks in that 10-year period or an average of 7.25 a season to equal Wayne Martin. Now, I don't think he got that many sacks, but I can't say for sure that he didn't, and I think he's pretty close. What I can say for sure is that Will Smith at 67.5 is fourth all-time. And I'm confident Derlin Moore had more sacks than that. Um, so if he if sacks were counted, Derlin Moore is a top five. He's ahead of Will Smith, and he's a top five sack guy in Saints history. And I think the biggest thing with him, I mean, it's it's a few things. I mean, number one, he didn't make any Pro Bowls. He only made one because he played on a horrible defense. Yeah. Nobody talks about the Saints in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s because they were a joke. And so he was disrespected nationally. He was disrespected locally. The only guy, like I said, that Saints fans really talk about from that era is Archie. So Derlin Moore is kind of a lost um, lost guy in this history. And to me, he's arguably a top four sack guy in team history. Dave, Derlin Moore was a fat white guy. If he played today... How many jerseys would he be selling if he averaged like eight and a half sacks from defensive tackle? For the Saints? Yeah. Like, I think he'd be like top three jersey sales. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, I, I think he'd be the hero of like Chalmette. Yeah. Like, we were talking about how amazing Fairley was for this defense last year. Derlin Moore did that every season for 10 years. Yeah. For the Saints. I want to tell, I. I've said this before. I have uh, all of 78 and 79, every Saints game on DVD. Uh, And the Saints played the Redskins in 79, and um, they won. And I think it's the first time they ever went above 500. They were 5-4. and And they stopped Washington on two separate occasions on fourth and goal. And on, like, like two or three of the plays Derlin Moore made to stop. And one of the plays, the center and the guard went to double team him. And he like did the fat guy, like turn sideways and slide through and just obliterated the running back. And I don't know who the color guy was on the broadcast, but I think he had an orgasm. Like he was like, (laughs) he, it was, it was amazing. If I could, if I would have had the time today, I would have gone back and played it on my computer and like, recreated the soundbite from it but it was it was just well, phenomenal. Can't, can't you do that in post maybe i don't know i'm lazy though andrew i'm lazy yeah um so uh it was phenomenal that was the thing like dick nolan like the saints defense like in 79 like they figured it out for like a stretch and they were good um and it was Durley moore and tommy so uh and tommy myers and different things uh, and feder spiel and other guys but um that i mean D- darlin moore is just like but the seventies, it's like an abyss for the Saints. I mean, you can count the like the yeah. good, the good. You can count the good players on like one hand. You yeah. Know? Um. Is it, is it, Dave? I'm trying to think of like a Saints defensive player in like the last fifteen years that is like a Derlin Moore. That's like 
was like pretty good on like shitty teams that like Saints fans just kind of like forgot about. Uh, yeah, we don't have that. <laughs> we have Will shitty Smith, players Will on Smith, shitty maybe? teams. <sighs> Who? Shan- Shanley? Will Smith? Shanley? Shanley's not a bad call. Yeah. Roman Harper's kind of hated. Oh by yeah, Roman Harper. He has his. Def- I'm, I'm the. I'm the president of the Roman Harper Defense Society. So Andrew, <laughs> since Kevin's not here, you nominate another person. Yeah. So the last guy I'll throw out there is John Carney. Um, I feel like fans hate him for his lack of leg strength, um, but really, <coughs> it's the River City Relay extra point. Like I, I think if there's one thing you can point to in John Carney's career with the Saints. Everyone remembers the extra point that he missed after the River City Relay, and he is hated by the fan base because of it, and he will never live that down. And it's sad because it undermines his accomplishments as as a Saint, which, in my opinion, make him arguably the greatest kicker in franchise history. And as I throw that out there, I know every Saints fan is thinking, what are you talking about? Morton Anderson was way better. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, first of all, I think after Gary Anderson, so Morton, I think, is the second kicker after Jan Senaru to get in. He's getting in this year in the Hall of Fame. I think Gary Anderson's probably next. I think Carney is fourth in line. Maybe uh, maybe Vinatieri, uh, but I, I think Carney's in the top five discussion for Hall of Fame. He had a great career with the Chargers. But what people don't realize is Carney was number one in franchise history with a make percentage of 82.8%. So he made, uh, from a percentage clip, I mean, just to give you a sense of what Morton was at, he was at 77.6. So he was five percentage points higher than Morton in terms of field goal makes. And I think when people hear that, they're immediately quick to say, yeah, but Carney was super accurate from close, and he he, he kicked a lot of short kicks, and Morton was, was... way more powerful of a leg and he missed a lot from further out. That's actually not true. Um, So Morton, if you look at the stats, Morton was way more accurate than Carney from close inside from 39 yards in Morton actually had a higher conversion rate than Carney. He was 91.7 and Carney was 88.8. The big discrepancy between the two and the reason why Carney is five percentage points higher is because his make percentage from 40 to 50 plus was way higher than Anderson's. How many um, attempts did he have, though? How many, what's a lot answer? less, a lot less. And, and I think the Saints in those years, admittedly, were way more like it's fourth and forever. Morton, just go out there. you know. Yeah, and, and, and also, too, the, the Saints – John Carney, like you said, when when he was inside in domes, the the Saints would let him kick from far, and he would make them. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I, I just think Carney. I mean, he's the most accurate kicker in Saints history, and he didn't kick off like Anderson. I'm not saying that he was better than Morton Anderson. I, I don't believe that, but um, I think the narrative that he does. He didn't have a leg. Is is playing false? I mean, he was I mean, rem- five for five for nine on fifty yard I kicks. Remember, I remember between they, forty and forty nine, he was more accurate than Morton. I remember when they got John Carney, people were like, they were looking for a kicker. People wanted him to bring back Morton, and they signed John Carney, 
And Randy Mueller got on Buddy D show and he's like, look, I know y'all wanted Morton back, but I'm telling you, we think Carney's better at this point. And it was a bit, it was a kind of a little bit mini controversy, you know, but anyway, yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough, I mean, it's a tough call. I put the poll Carney up. is hated, hated. I don't, hate I, Car- I don't hate, Car- you know why I don't hate Carney? Because the thing about the, after the river city relay, like he didn't duck it. Like he faced the music and, and like for players, I respect them when they face the music after, like when they fuck up. And he sit, sat there and he took all the goddamn questions. Um, yeah. so, so I put the that's, why, that's why I will never throw Jason David yeah. at the Wolves. J- poor Jason David, man. Every week he's like, yeah, I got I got burned. Every again. week. Every he, week. He stuck there and t- he took it in the locker room. I think he won like, the media award like two years in a row. I may be wrong on that. As like the best guy, but um, so yeah, go there. We're the polls on Twitter. I put it up. Vote. Uh, it's fun. Um, so I guess Dave, who if you can't vote for your own guy, uh, so who would you vote for? Uh, I can't vote for my own guy. Yeah, I guess probably uh, probably Derlin Moore. Andrew, who would you vote for since you can't vote for your own guy? Well, are we saying that Carney is uh, Kevin's guy? Kevin's Carney's Kevin's guy. I don't know. I, I still probably vote for Wayne Martin. I think you sold me. Um, again, with Colson, I mean, I, I think I think how Saints fans feel about him kind of makes up for how the national media disrespected him, but... I think with Wayne Martin, he was just completely overshadowed in every sense, and I, I don't, I don't think fans that are listening to this podcast have a grasp on how instrumental he was to the success those teams had, and how ridiculously good he was. I mean, he was so good. He played. I mean, he had double digit sacks from end and tackle. Yeah, like people remember Leroy Glover in his short time where he was really good. Wayne Martin did that for like a five-year period. Yeah, my favorite thing about Wayne Martin, though, maybe of all, is when the Saints picked him. Mel Kiper lost his fucking mind in it a was, good way or bad way. In a bad way, like he was like, "Bill Hawkins is better." The Saints don't know what you. If you're gonna pick a defensive lineman, pick Bill Hawkins. They don't know what they're doing. And uh, Bill Hawkins like was a total disaster for the Rams. And Wayne Martin played a decade. So um, I can't vote for Wayne Martin. Derlin Moore, like that clip from 79, is just phenomenal. Uh, I, I just feel like for him to do what he did for the Saints for over a decade in that abyss was ju- it was just mind-blowing, you know, because that, that defense had him and Tommy Myers, and that was pretty much it. By the way, Bill Hawkins played 42 games. <laughs> He had five sacks in his four-year career. <laughs> nice call, Kuiper. Nice call. Why can I remember all these like draft tidbits, but I struggle to remember my own anniversary? <laughs> it, is, it is sad. Um, so we don't have too many questions, um, but I think this is a good one, Dave. Um, NBA Summer League inspired. Which player on each side of the ball will Saints fans be way too optimistic about after two preseason games? 
I have to, we have to come up with one on each side of the ball? Yeah, you can come up with, or you can just come up with one if you can't, if you just do No, I want um, one on each phase okay. of the game, Dave. Okay. Special teams, too. <laughs> well, I'll go with Lattimore on defense. Um, and he'll like have to, he'll have sports hernia, hernia, hernia surgery. Um, oh, like Jesus. week one. Jesus. Like damn. week one. Um, Why do you gotta kill my buzz, man? <laughs> and uh, on offense, uh, I'll go with um, I'll go with Kamara. Yeah. I'm gonna go with wait, wait, special teams, special teams. Uh, uh, who who do they got? They got two guys at kicker, huh? No, no, just Will Lutz. Oh, they got oh, Ted Ginn. Uh, is Ted Ted Ginn? Is he going to return kicks and punts in this in the preseason? Oh right, yeah, yeah. Oh, t- oh totally. I, okay, I wasn't even Ooh. thinking about about return game. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Ten Ginn. That's so, a he's good look great. Game. And then he's gonna, and then uh, and then dropping fumble issues, <laughs> as, as, as Ted Ginn is known to do. Wait, I, no, no. So you're, so you're basically saying he runs back a kickoff in preseason, and then as soon yeah. as the season starts, he starts yes. fumbling. Yeah, I'm gonna tell oh, you, that's man. That's a good answer. I, I, Onyemata is my pick on defense. He is one quarterback hit or tackle behind the line from me, like blocking two dozen people on Twitter <laughs> that are just they're gonna be like, he's the he's the solution. He's Farley. Who's who's Nick Farley? So we basically, he's the Edibali of two years he ago. Is, he is Edibali of two years ago. He is a, he is two good plays in the preseason from me blocking like two dozen people. Um. On offense, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go weird one here. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis is gonna reappear in the preseason. Hmm. He's he's gonna run like back. A, he's gonna run back a punt and catch a touchdown and have like a dozen features written on him about how he's gonna make the team. Those are my two picks. Special teams. Special teams. Dave stole Ted Ginn. I'll go Tommy Lee Lewis for both. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna run back a punt and be good. I'm telling you. Uh, that's good. So who you got, Andrew? Um, all right on defense, I'll say Alex Anzalone. Oh, that's I mean, he, he'll make one big hit on a guy uh, that'll jar the ball loose. Forced and, a fumble in the in the first preseason game. Oh, he forced a fumble. And he's got the flowing hair, so any play yeah. he makes looks even better than it actually is. So fans will go nuts, yeah. and then by the fourth preseason game, he'll have a pulled calf, and <laughs> he'll go on injured reserve. <laughs> so that's that's my pick for defense. For offense, um, I'm going to go with Fleener. Fleener? Yeah, I think Fleener will catch... A touchdown in each of the first two preseason oh, games. Oh, that's a, that's a strong and, pick. And then we're going to all be like, all right, Fleener's got it. He understands the playbook now. <laughs> yes. You know, He's got chemistry with Drew. He's feeling good. <laughs> and he's still Fleener. <laughs> he'll, drop the, he'll drop a critical third down against Minnesota in the third quarter. You'll be like, there he is. That's, yep. the, Fleener. that's the Fleener we know. And on special teams, I'm going to say that Michael Motti gets re-signed. He's not on the Saints now, but between now and preseason, he'll get re-signed. He'll block a punt in preseason. We'll get all excited, and he'll be cut by week four. 
Yeah, here's the thing too. They don't. They're not going to do the stage cutdowns like they they usually do in the preseason. So it's going to yeah, be all, one one go, right? It's one go. So it is going to be a fucking free for all. That like, like that last week, man. You're gonna like. It's all going to happen at once. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I wouldn't say it's going to be like the first day of free agency or like NBA free agency crazy, but it's going to be a little nutso on that cutdown day because you're because like the cuts that normally might happen earlier. I think are going to happen then, right? So you might have some guys that like shake loose that you were like, oh my God. So it's going to be. I think be- that's actually good for the players because, you know, if you get cut at first cuts, you know, the message is kind of being sent like, yeah, these are kind of our guys that suck. Yeah. But when, but when they get thrown into the big pot with like the last guy you cut, I just think it's harder for teams to decipher like who are the good cuts and who are the bad cuts, and they all get thrown into a pot together. And so, yeah. I don't is know. He, I, is that'll he, be interesting. Is he washed up? Is he not? It's going to be fun. It's going to yeah. be. It's going to be fun, and that's why. Like, uh, we'll have to hope the Saints beat writers are like on their game. And uh, you can. I need to like. I'm going to have to create a special like Twitter list for it because. Well, you you know Nick Underhill will be. You know that Jeff Duncan will not. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spo- <laughs> Juge bringing the fire. Uh, so that wraps it up for today. Uh, we're only two more weeks away from training camp, so we're good. Uh, we're almost there. So I'll remind people: donate what you can. Um, listen to the Drunk History for all the people that donated. Me and uh, we'll have the one special July podcast this month previewing the uh, offense. So look forward to that as well. So uh, for do, Kev- do we have an do we have an update on Kevin and his wrestling and or female companion? Uh, he couldn't join us tonight. I'm figuring he's out on a date. Um, wooing the lady, treating her with respect. You know, hashtag taking, hashtag dad bod. Yeah, hashtag taking to a nice fish dinner. Uh. <laughs> but calling her back. So uh, go to Saints Nation. Me and Andrew are doing quick shots. And he's got a write-up on Onyamata from Brian and other fun stuff. Uh, Dave is like a paragraph into his 2017 preview. So I got the first sentence. You got the first <laughs> I know sentence. How, I, know how, I know how I'm going to start it. <laughs> it's like... You, the first two words are anal sound, aren't they? Do you do, you do it on a like a like? Do you do you are you like Hemingway? Are you like Hemingway with a cigar and an old style typewriter pecking at it? As you do it. Yep. So for all the guys, uh, until next week, the bar is closed. Anal sound. <laughs> <laughs>